This is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW. Well, good afternoon and welcome to Vancouver Consumer. I'm Sterling Fox and in just a few moments, Jennifer McCracken from BDO First Call Debt Solutions will return to our show to talk about summer spending and how to have a great summer of 2019 without ending up with a big debt load by the fall. In our second hour, award-winning mortgage broker Angela Calla will be back with the latest on home buying strategies and there are some new rates to talk about as well. But first, here are some of the top consumer stories we're following this week and we start off in the air with a story we've frankly been covering for weeks. The board of directors of Air Transat or Transat AT has approved a takeover offer by Air Canada. This one's valued at 520 million bucks. The company's announced Air Canada will pay $13 a share for the travel company. Under the deal, Air Canada says it intends to preserve the Transat and Air Transat brands, maintain that Transat head office and its key functions in Montreal. As always, the Air Canada deal is subject to regulatory and, of course, shareholder approvals. That is forthcoming. In approving the Air Canada offer, the Transat board turned down a rival group bid by Group Mock, the Quebec real estate developer, who had actually ordered, offered a buck more per share. The Air Canada deal includes a break fee of $15 million payable by Transat if it accepts a superior proposal like the one we just mentioned. Air Canada, for its part, must pay a reverse break fee of a up to $40 million if the deal is cancelled because regulatory or government approvals are not obtained, subject to certain conditions. Boy, they better get the thumbs up on that one. Ticketmaster has been hit with a $4 million penalty after an investigation by the Competition Bureau into misleading price claims in online ticket sales. The company has been ordered to pay $500,000 for costs incurred by the Bureau throughout its probe. You want us to investigate you? It costs a lot of money. Here's the first part of the fine, pay our fees. The investigation found Ticketmaster made allegedly misleading marketing claims to us on a number of its websites. Three companies owned by Ticketmaster were accused of engaging in misleading pricing. According to the Competition Bureau, the prices advertised by Ticketmaster weren't realistic because they added mandatory fees during the later stages of the purchasing process. The Bureau concluded the additional fees often added more than 20% and in some cases over 65% to that advertised price and says the companies will establish a compliance program to implement new procedures to prevent advertising issues in the future. Didn't we go through this with the airlines a few years ago? You know, fly to London for $300 and in the tiny, tiniest of print plus taxes and da-da-da-da, another 900 So this is what's happening to Ticketmaster and amend to all of this too. About time, the head of the competition Bureau says to close this story, Canadians should be able to trust that the prices advertised are the ones they will pay when they buy tickets online. Ford said Thursday it's cutting 12,000 jobs in Europe to increase profitability, part of a global trend of cost cuts by car makers facing shifting consumer tastes and heavy investments in electric cars. Now, the job losses in Europe amount to about a fifth of Ford's workforce and are part of a broad restructuring that includes the closure of six plants. Ford is reducing its total number of plants in the region to 18. The 12,000 job losses include some that have already been announced, like 17 
1,800 from the proposed closing of an engine plant in Wales. Ford is also closing one plant in France, three in Russia, and selling another in Slovakia. Ford and other global car makers are facing multiple challenges, including the expensive push to develop electric cars that will help them meet new emission rules in Europe and comply with regulations favoring alternative energy vehicles in China. So they'll need strong profits to fund those investments. So Ford of Europe said all its new vehicles will come with an electric variant, such as a battery or battery internal combustion hybrid, and it would build a future of family electric vehicles in Europe. And there may be another reason car makers are nervous these days. People are keeping their cars and trucks longer than ever. The average age of a North American vehicle hit 11.8 years as better quality and technology has allowed owners to, well, hang on to them. The 2019 figures from data provider IHS Market show the rate of increase is slowing, but the average age is still expected to go over 12 years early in the next decade. The average is up 0.1 from last year. The researchers state the obvious, saying people feel comfortable keeping vehicles longer because they're built better than in the past. Western regions here in North America have the oldest vehicles at 12.4 years, while in the east, the average age is only 10.9 years, due largely to less stop-and-start traffic that wears on a vehicle, plus weather and other variables, and we know about this in Canada, like corrosion from salt that we here in British Columbia don't see a whole lot of. The rest of the country drowns in it all winter long. And throughout our show today, we'll be pointing out a few Canada Day activity spots, Vancouver folks can enjoy and we'll start in Richmond at the Steveston Salmon Festival presented by YVR with a full day of fun including a parade over 50 performances including one by 5440 one of my personal favorites activity zones the legendary salmon barbecue and of course the big fireworks finale the party goes from 10 a.m. to 10:30 p.m. and it all happens at Steveston Village in South Richmond shuttle buses from SkyTrain and City Hall in uptown Richmond will be available to make the trip easier even easier. Those are some of the week's top consumer stories. We'll look at a few more as we go forward, but coming right up, we welcome back Jennifer McCracken from BDO First Call Debt Solutions with lots of advice on having a fun, debt-free summer. Stay with us. This is Vancouver Consumer, and you've got it on CKNW. Welcome back to Vancouver Consumer. Sterling Fox with you at 2.15 on this Saturday afternoon. Lovely kind of day because, well, it's not raining. And lovely for us in studio because Jennifer McCracken is back. Jennifer is a senior manager and licensed insolvency trustee with BDO First Call Debt Solutions. Hi, and welcome back. It's great to see you again. You as well. So let's talk about summer 2019. It is upon us as of uh, uh, officially June 21st, so we're a a whole week into it. Uh, And... uh, you wanted to, and I think by way of the intro, we just talked about the idea of having a fun summer without ending up uh, the day of reckoning when the bills start rolling in at the end of September going, oh my gosh, that was too much fun this summer. So it's about striking the right balance more than anything else, isn't it, Jennifer? Well, it is. And a lot of it comes to planning. So we, if you haven't put a budget aside now and planned on how you are going to spend your time this summer... We're only weekend, so you should start, get to it now. And there's a lot that you can do in the summer to reduce your expenses, and there's a lot of local activities you can do to reduce costs. Um, I think one thing people should realize is that in the summer, we tend to, we're not saving as much, and we do tend to spend more. We, and just, we just kick back. 
and we yeah. we anticipate fun, and that usually costs. Right, and it's, it? it's socializing. So you're having barbecues. Sure. Like, we know gas prices always go up. Like let's just wait for the news story on what the gas price is because it, 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 the cost goes up in the summer. And so it's not just the staycations and the vacations. It's other costs. You could be arranging camps for your kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have weddings. You could have that pressure that you want to have to travel for family events and so on. So it's not just the vacation to keep in mind. Because a lot of folks say, oh, I'm not, you know, I'm not going on vacation, so like my budget's fine. Well, not really. If you actually sit back and think about how you're spending your money, you do have different expenses in the summer. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the staycation, uh, partly uh, due to, well, a lot of reasons. Uh, we talked about it in, at the intro to the show, British Columbians. Many of us actually would rather t- take a hit on the gas side than fly because of that carbon footprint thing. A huge province to get around, though. So that's, that's a committed crowd. Yeah. But, you know, staycations are also the kind of thing that more and more of us are considering. But it's not... It's not just because you're at home for two weeks instead of being at some resort, you know, just pouring money into everything that moves. Even though you're at home, you're still you're you're deliberately taking time off and doing things that you don't typically do, and that costs money too, doesn't it? Right, and you may be more inclined to eat out more, which we know that you know again you're going to get that statement at the end of the month and say, "Wow, how much did I spend on food?" And so that's precisely it. It's actually planning for it, having a budget. Just because you're staying home does not mean you know you you can be carefree, but you're not going to be carefree with your budget. You really do need to plan for it. Absolutely, and um, another thing that can make a lot of sense, particularly when you're on vacation is paying for as much as possible in advance. It makes being away a lot more enjoyable when you know that, for example, hey, we paid for the plane tickets. That bill's not going to show up two months from now. Uh, you know, And we've set aside a good whack of cash so we can buy our food and drinks, especially if you go to one of those all-inclusives. So the more prepared you are, the less likely to be shocked you are six to eight weeks after the big fun trip, right? That's right. I, you're hitting on the planning. This is precisely it. If, if you can pay for the anything you can prepay in advance before you go, you're not worried about what the statement's going to be at the end of the month or six weeks later from your vacation. Sure. And there's the ability, a lot of points programs, hotels have points programs, so you can decide to stay at certain hotels where you're going to get a discount. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've chatted about the air miles and the aeroplan programs. Whatever sort of points program you're a member of, you know, a lot of times we don't even think about the fact that we've we've got the points in our name and we haven't even done, a lot of times it's more of an effort. you got to carve out the time to phone in and find the availability. Um, it's the same thing with timeshares, people who have timeshares. It's really just putting that effort into to set aside the time to phone in, find out how much is there, what is the availability, and you know, also tracking throughout the year. So if you have a sense of when there are certain sales on planes, tickets, or there sure. certain destinations you'd mm-hmm. like to go to, uh, monitoring on websites if you're doing, you know, however you, every family, every couple, you know, people are unique. So it's really putting that energy in throughout the year and planning as opposed to, okay, it's July 1st, I'm just going to go buy whatever plane ticket to wherever I feel like going. You're, you're probably spending more, you, you may overspend your tip about uh, cash when you bring your cash with you so that you don't actually if you have a credit card and you see something you like you may actually be more inclined to spend you know having access to credit does lead to overspending mm-hmm. if you're li- if you're doing a cash basis when you're traveling you know you're going to think twice about buying something or paying more for something if you actually are seeing the money sort of leave your wallet plus you know what else ha- happens when you carry cash you can negotiate you can mm-hmm. bargain because you got cash and they want your cash they don't want your plastic in these markets regardless of where you're going 
they want your cash. And yeah, if you've absolutely. got cash and you've uh, uh, some ability to to uh, interact with the vendor, you can save yourself a few bucks simply by carrying cash. Yeah, and the other thing I recommend too is thinking about exchange rates. So there's folks that will have they'll set up if they travel to the U.S. every year, they may have their own U.S. dollar bank account and be buying U.S. dollars throughout the sure. year when the exchange rate's favorable. Um, again, if you wait till your destination to do the exchange, you may find that there's service charges and fees. So again, it just goes to planning. And there's lots of great tips online too. So you'd want to do your research before you go um, to, to try to reduce your cost. Yeah, Claire Newell from Travel Best Bets is a good friend of this program. Okay. She comes on with us regularly. And that's one of the things she really harps on is if you're going to, if you get euros or whatever the currency of the area of the world you're going to, you'd, you'd be much better off doing all of the exchange before you leave. You're going to get the rates that you understand at your local bank or currency exchange. And and it's in the safe environment of your hometown rather than some place, some corner bank somewhere. And the guy took me for a ride. And, you know, there you are at their mercy at that point. So that's an important thing. Plus, it allows you to make those calculations and the budget figuring is all essentially done for you by the time you've converted the, the dough. Exactly. You know how much money you're bringing, you know how much you're planning to spend. If you're going to be doing excursions, if whatever you're planning to do on that vacation, you now know what you're working with. So if, if you're going to exchange when you get there, you may find you have less than, than what you need to do the activities and, and have the vacation that you want to have. That's yeah, a good one about points, by the way. Uh, Jennifer and I were talking about this. I'm, I'm one, I got an Air Miles card. You know, I got a Shell and Safeway. I do all that stuff and every you know here's my card and beep and away i have no idea how many points i have i've been collecting points for years and i think i've only cashed in one round for one ride and i found though at that time when i wanted to cash it in i was kind of back of the bus in terms of priorities for the airline they want the people with money first so when you use points program and of course the airlines themselves offer westjet and air canada offer their own point systems then there's air miles on top of that the only thing to understand about using those, which you should, uh, if you've gone to all the trouble of collecting them, but people are reluctant sometimes because they don't want that kind of back in the bus, uh, uh, back of the bus priority treatment. And when they're booking their holidays. Yeah, it's true. And there's also where there's a family that's traveling. And so you can maybe have enough points for some family members that's to travel true. and then everybody's not necessarily together. So yeah, I think there's, there is going to be a trade-off when you're using the points programs. But at the end of the day, if like for a lot of folks that already have debt or are planning to go into debt to pay for the vacation, yeah. it would be preferable to use the points program at least as much as you can and um, sort of get the treatment that uh, you're, you're talking about and save the money and, and basically not go further into debt to pay for the vacation. Well, absolutely. Of course, the, the, the operative word there is plan. And yes. if you have points, as I do, then plan to use them for crying out loud. Well, I just, otherwise, why are you collecting them, really, I, I right? know, I know. Yeah. And I, as I say, I pull the card out whenever I gas up. I do the whole thing, but then, as I also said, I have absolutely no idea how many points I have. Well, and you may find the points program can convert to things like gift cards and, and other things as well. So, sure. I mean, it's also yeah, just and, thinking and, through getting creative. And some creative. of them can be converted to cash, too. Absolutely. So, it's it's whether it's the, it's the air miles to actually book the flight, whether there's other benefits. There's, there's so, you know, it's something for nothing. A lot, of, a lot of my clients, actually, when we go through our budgeting session, talk about 
about the points programs at various retailers that really it uh, helps cut back their expenses. They really get something out of it. They plan for it around holiday spending. So this is really no different. It's kind of getting creative and thinking, what else do I have? What other resources do I have to cover for this cost? We are hearing stories, and we had one on the program last week, Jennifer, about delinquencies across Canada, notably in British Columbia and Quebec, which appear to be the provinces demonstrating the highest rate of delinquencies. It's not alarming yet, but it is rising. And again, we talk about, because you and I both live in the most expensive city in the country, that in itself is part of an explanation. But what's going on with the uptick in uh, yeah, credit delinquencies. It, it is up. So for BC, it's up 5%. And we know people uh, report that they're living paycheck to paycheck. Yeah. I think you and I have been talking about that for years sure. now. Uh, we also know that Canadian debt levels are very high. So it, the, the percentage is 1.78%. So for every dollar of disposable income, the ca- average Canadian owes a dollar seventy-eight cents. That number is actually higher in the lower mainland, which would explain the increase in the in- insolvency filings um, that we're seeing and also the delinquency rates. So for Vancouverites, and I think you could capture... Uh, you could capture Burnaby in this. You could capture Vancouver Island because, of course, Victoria is one of the most expensive cities sure. as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we're finding that it's actually more like $2.40. Goodness. Uh, so that, that's a lot of debt for every dollar that you're earning. Uh, that is really creating a, a cash flow crunch. And so it's it's a lot of times when you're in debt, it causes an increase in debt because you're not able to pay it down. And if you have further available credit, you actually keep dipping into the credit to meet your expenses. Sure. It's the whole you know, robbing Peter to, to pay, pay Paul. Paul yeah. So that would be where we would see an increase in delinquencies. We have, uh, in the same article that I read about this uh, up, uptick in delinquencies, we have as a country, as a, as a, a group, Canadians, we owe over a trillion dollars in mortgage debt. That we owe more money in mortgage debt than is the value of our economy. So that's that's a lot of people welded to their houses. Yeah, that's such a good point, Sterling, because a lot of times we focus on unsecured debt, whether it's a credit card debt, a line of credit, but you're precisely right. A lot of individuals have mortgage debt and it will include the home equity lines of yep, credit. The HELOCs, that, yep. the HELOCs. And those are secured against. And so a lot of folks, um, really, when they're in a cash flow crunch, they almost use their the value of their home like it's a you know a bank machine and they're they're constantly borrowing against it. And so the risk with that is obviously if there is a, a change in uh, the real estate market, um, there's also a risk that your cash flow is just going to be very tight. If you're spending more than 20% of your income on servicing your debt, and, which would include you know your mortgage payments, sure. then you are. we just know you're not going to have enough to meet your other living expenses. And so that's where I think a lot of people need to take pause and look at all the debt payments in their budget. I see people with extraordinarily high payments for leasing vehicles. Mm. It's it's unbelievable what an individual, you know, because a lot of times when you're signing the contract, you don't really understand how much you're actually going to be paying and the impact on your budget. Um, so I certainly encourage folks to really think through it. It's not just unsecured debt. It's secured debt, whether you're financing a vehicle, financing the purchase of an asset, a house, you've really got to be mindful of, can I afford this, the, the payments to kind of afford to eat the monthly payments for this. Our guest in studio, Jennifer McCracken, Senior Manager and Licensed Insolvency Trustee with BDO First Call Debt Solutions website is debtsolutions.bdo.ca. Our phone lines will be open when we return from the news. If you'd like to grab a line, it's 604-280-9898. Lots more with Jennifer and uh, Debt Solutions and your calls after the news. 
Welcome back to the program. It is a nice-looking Saturday afternoon. I'm Sterling Fox. Jennifer McCracken, a senior manager and licensed insolvency trustee with BDO First Call Debt Solutions, is back on the program with us, talking about summertime 2019 and how to arrive at the fall of 2019 without being a debt slave. In other words, how to sort of plan things out a little better than perhaps normally, Jennifer, so we can relax, have a lot of fun, and not end up in a real pickle in a couple of months' time. And it's not as easy as it sounds. Summer is kind of expensive. Oh, absolutely. We know that there's increased costs. So um, as we were saying earlier, whether you're going on vacation or you're doing a staycation, or if you're just staying home, like there's incre- we know that there's increased costs. You're finding programs, uh, child care programs for your children. Sure. There's, and we know just statistics show that people tend to spend more in the summer and they're not saving as much. So we know that it's really important that we plan. And if you haven't put the plan in place yet, just start now, right? Make a list of what your bills are, how much money is left over. And you actually can set money aside for things like entertaining. Mm-hmm. You plan on doing a barbecue, you know, think about keeping those costs down and doing it by way of a potluck. Um, you know, have your kids involved in the discussion. There's lots of free um, activities that you can do in the city. So it's really taking the plans now. Uh, put the money aside, stick to that budget, and uh, you you will be able to have a summer that doesn't break the bank. Well, yeah, and, and a little planning goes an awfully long way. Absolutely. Now, there's a new poll out. Now, BDO, your company, BDO First Call Debt Solutions, is a division of BDO, which most Canadians would recognize as a world-class accounting firm. That's right, yeah. So the full st- spectrum of services, whether it's audit, um, we do tax work, and then the work that we're doing here that I do is uh, restructuring work. So we give people advice on how to to deal with their financial problems. And you do personal and corporate work as well, too. Yes, we do. So, And a lot of my clients, actually, that's a great point. A lot of my clients actually, uh, even though the debt is personally in their name, it actually does relate to business. So we help lots of sole proprietorships. We help individuals that have been running businesses and want to wind it down. So um, we kind of, we see a little bit of everything, really. I'm sure you do. Uh, the accountants in their division in your company, along with other accountants in the Canadian uh, Professional Accountants Association, have conducted a poll about our summer habits and and wishes and uh, you've got some numbers in front of you there so tell us about what are there's something about a third of Canadians already bent out of shape about yes. worry over summer spending they're already it's, worried we haven't even made it to Canada Day yet we're a weekend and we're worried about it yes yeah, so precisely it and you know I think at the end of the day you know Sterling I think what it highlights is that people are stressed about their budget they're stressed about sure. their debt uh, we know it's expensive to live in, in certain cities in Canada it's very very expensive and so yes when we encounter something that has a bit of an extraordinary expense that we don't typically, if we're not budgeting for it, yes, it is going to cause stress. You know, and so 50% off also reported that they feel they have less money this year than it did last year. Mm-hmm. And then what's more alarming is that... And, and in Vancouver, you go, okay, I, I get that. You just nod and say, yeah, I yeah. know. Mm-hmm. And um, But also people are probably are not, they, they're not planning to spend the same amount. So that was what was kind of concerning within the poll is that they're saying, well, yes, I, I've, I'm feeling stressed. I feel like I have less less money, but I'm planning to spend about the same amount as I did last year. Ah. And so that's where we, that gives us a bit of pause when we think about the, the levels of debt that we have and that it's really important that if, if you are planning to spend the same amount and you can't do it with savings and you're planning on doing it by way of taking on additional debt, we would encourage you not to do that unless you're able to pay back that debt within a short period of time, because that summer vacation will cost you a lot more if you're still paying for it for years to come, if, if you're purchasing it on, 
credit. The company name is BDO First Call Debt Solutions. And one of the debt solutions that is best known to all Canadians is, of course, the ultimate solution, bankruptcy. There are other options short of bankruptcy, including a consumer proposal. Uh, Let's talk about those less intimidating options. What's the difference, for example, for those who are still trying to sort it all out between going bankrupt and filing a consumer proposal. They're not, they have, one has more awful weight than the other, doesn't it? Well, yeah, there there are different processes. And for a lot of people, bankruptcy really is the best option. Mm -hmm. And it is much more gentle than people realize. I think there's a real stigma around bankruptcy. A lot of folks, though, if it's their first time that they've kind of been dealing with financial difficulty, if they're a little bit younger and they have steady income, they will opt more towards the consumer proposal process because it is a little bit more gentle on the credit rating and it is an opportunity for them to pay back more than what would otherwise be paid in a bankruptcy. So there's a sense that they're, you know, they can't pay the debt in full, but they really do want to make a fair offer. And we negotiate on their behalf so that they can basically pay back an amount of money over a period of typically about five years. And once they've paid that amount, they are debt free. So, so it's a five year program. How basically. long does it take someone? So suppose now someone's listening to the program right now, driving around on a Saturday afternoon. And gee, that Jennifer sounds like a nurse, nice person. She is. Uh, and you know, we're in a bit of a financial pickle. So maybe maybe we should make that all-important first phone call. And Jennifer, let's just pause for a second and talk about how difficult that first phone call for many people actually is. It is a supreme act of courage on oh, some is. people's parts to come face-to-face with reality. And we're sinking here and we better do something before we go under. Yeah, and a lot of people here have a lot of uh, guilt around the fact that they have debt. And it's, I mean, I see it in my meetings with people. It's like the body language, their face. It's its very painful for sure. them to sort and of... Embarrassing. They feel like it's yeah. embarrassing. They feel like they failed. Uh, but one thing I always encourage folks to think about is that for so many, I mean, I honestly, I would say like 100% of the people that I work with, their debt was, there's other life issues. So whether it's divorce, whether it's health issues, there's always something deeper, a very significant life event. So mm-hmm. job they, loss, job loss, yeah, I mean, you, you name it. Mm-hmm. And so and it's, people will feel ashamed, but you know, that's where when you reach out to BDO, we, we approach it that we're caring, we're compassionate. We understand that there's more going on. We're not here to make you feel guilty and ashamed about the situation. What we're here and to do is find some, solutions, some right? Pe- some people, uh, you know, it's, it, it, you, know you, you sort of get isolated. Once you get into a situation where the debt spiral begins, one of the first things that happens is you start to feel like you're the only human being on the planet that this is happening to, and you really sort of withdraw. Mm-hmm. So to 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 get come out of that and and interact with someone and talk about you know well, well this is not going well and I want to I want to deal with it before there's no solution other than you know literally stepping off a cliff which is what some people think bankruptcy is and again no. it's not is no it, it isn't and if the I feel that bankruptcy I guess over the years does get a bad rap just because you know you hear all the advertising and about you know, avoid bankruptcy yeah. and you know the, the B word it's so bad. And, and really, we do a lot of bankruptcies in our practice. For a lot of folks, it really is the best option where they can't, if they can't afford to pay a five-year proposal or even a three-year proposal, then bankruptcy will be a better option. Uh, there's a reason why it's legislated that an individual has an ability to get that fresh start financially. Mm-hmm. And for a lot of folks, it really is the best decision for them to make because it can be as short as nine months. And when they get their discharge, they're debt-free. And for them, it's really, I always say how transformative it is that my 
clients physically look different after from if I, I we oh. almost should do like the Polaroid photos of this is you know before when they come in and they're stressed and overwhelmed and feeling guilty and ashamed and then once they go through the journey whether it's the proposal or bankruptcy they're they just physically look different it's just, there's just relief that now they they have a solution they they understand that it's really not as painful and scary as they thought it would be right. and getting out of debt and being debt free it, it really affects their lives and in a really meaningful way. So again, it, it's uh, the the pressure though from all of those uh, credit companies and collection agencies, and it, it can it can build to a point where uh, that isolation factor kicks in, and then you worry about making that first phone call. Oh, geez, you know I really have messed up, and you know somebody's going to scold me and tell me I'm an idiot. I already know that. I'm not going to bother calling. I don't need to be told that all over again. And that's that's I mean it's understandable the way people feel that way, but you don't do that, do No, and you? keep in mind that if debts are in collection, that's what they're hearing from collection oh, agents. Oh, absolutely, And yeah. it's, again, if unless somebody's really familiar with, with the, those tactics, people cannot understand. Someone could be $10,000 in debt. Someone could be $100,000. It doesn't matter the level of stress. It's all commensurate to their assets, to their income. It's very, very stressful. Mm-hmm. And people just don't realize that the tactics that are employed and the threats... And, you know, people will have a, I mean, I do client meetings where they're getting phone calls during the meeting. I mean, they'll, they'll, they'll get, they'll be on a, a phone loop and getting a call every hour. Employers are being phoned. People just can't understand how difficult and stressful it is. And so when we meet folks that are sort of in that crisis mode mm-hmm. where it's just reached a boiling point, it's really, it's really important that um, they understand that we're going to come from a point of, that we, we care, we're compassionate, we understand what the stress level is, and we need to find the solution. Like we've got to look forward, turn the new leaf, and we're going to find something that will work for the client based on you know their need, their financial situation. How long, Jennifer? Typically, once you meet with a client and determine that there is a real problem, and uh, we've got to organize things and work, find a find a solution. How long once the person commits to working with you? How long does it take before the collection agencies and those nasty phone calls and letters have to go away? Well, that's a good question because technically those calls should stop immediately once the filing is is processed. And so what we do is we just get in front of it. So the, the clients will just pick up the phone you know, tell tell the collector, deal with BDO, call my trustee. Right. And if we have the phone number, we just get right in touch directly with the collector and get those calls to stop. And that honestly is one of the biggest sense of relief that people have is when they realize, okay, these calls are going to stop. I can ignore these letters. Like I'm, I'm on a path and I have a solution to deal with my debt now. Well, you know, some people, speaking of ignoring letters, and you've, I'm sure, encountered more than a few individuals who stopped opening letters from the bank. It may just be the monthly statement or it may be something else because they they've gotten so many that now it just gets dropped into into the into the blue box and I don't want to know what's going on but it's your money and your bank and they if they are mad at you it's probably a good thing to know oh for sure and I think it's one of those things where you have to factor in if somebody has a level of debt that they re- they don't really know what the solution is, but they know they can't pay it. That is, so it's psychologically, that's sort of like the easiest thing to do. So, you know, I already know I can't pay this. I have a sense of what I owe on it. Right. I'm just going to toss it in the recycling bin. Obviously, we don't recommend it. I recommend people take stock, look at the interest rates, know how much is owed, try to find solutions. If you come see a licensed insolvency trustee, we will tell you if we think refinancing with your bank is a better option. Right. You may, you know, we it really, you're better off actually 
looking online, phoning a trustee, finding out what your options are, then sort of doing the head in the sand approach. Well, and it may not, as it turns out, may not be as dire as you imagine it to be. On, on the other hand, it may be more so. But at least when you sit down with a professional, you get a clue as to where you are and uh, begin to at least look at possibilities to get out of the problem. Absolutely, because I think one thing we've talked about before is the fact that what a lot of Canadians that have debt right now need to think about is when, how am I going to pay off this debt? When am I going to be debt free? Mm-hmm. How do I plan on retiring? How, you know, like what kind of life am I living right now with this debt? What are the solutions? And so don't be ashamed about it, that there, the reason that you got in debt was probably a, a lot of different issues in your life. And it's really now about finding a solution because if you don't tackle the debt, you're, you're probably going to have other problems. So the debt is really a symptom of other things. So get the debt under control, get, have a plan to be out of debt, and then you can focus on other aspects of your life. So whether it's steady employment, whether it's saving for retirement, sure. you know, it's really, it's you've got to think through sort of, a, take the long view as well. Say, so, okay, here's like the short-term issue, medium-term goal, long-term goal. And if doing a bankruptcy is really the best, best way to kind of, press the reset button so that you you can sort of get out of debt and not have that stress and meet your other financial goals. And that's something you really should consider. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned earlier, typically the number that is responsible, each and every Canadian is responsible for approximately $1.78 for every dollar they owe. Or earn rather, right, they right. owe a buck seventy-eight. They earn a buck. Well, in Vancouver, that number is not real. In Vancouver, a person who earns a dollar owes two dollars and forty-two cents for every dollar they earn. So, uh, kind of an off-the-wall question: Are you hearing about people leaving the Lower Mainland and Metro Vancouver because it's just too darn expensive? I hear that. It's, I hear it a lot from families. So, where there's the cost of childcare costs, for instance, it doesn't matter where you live. If I live in Vancouver, if I live in Abbotsford, if it, it doesn't matter what part of the lower mainland I'm in, childcare is very expensive. Sure. So and then also the housing prices. It's, again, it's the same refrain, right? Whether I'm renting in Surrey or Abbotsford or Vancouver, I mean, the cost to put a roof over my head is so high. And so a lot of people are talking about moving to the interior or depending on the type of work that they're doing mm. or where their family resides moving out of province. So I, I find it with young families for sure. It's something that they talk about as being more of part of the long-term financial plan. Because again, it's about saving for retirement. Like you can live in this city if you're not putting any money aside and saving for retirement or whatever your other financial goals are. You know, it really kind of you really feel like you're just working to pay your bills, and that's a lot of people want to, want to really get more out of their their income than that. You've mentioned Abbotsford and a couple of other locations. Right now, your office uh, officially is down uh, just down the street from us uh, in downtown Vancouver. But you go wherever clients call you to go. Yes. You have a BDO First Call Debt Solutions has what seven or eight offices around the Metro Vancouver and more on the. The island, on the island as and well. you will meet a client anywhere that is convenient for both of you. That's right. So we, we really go to the client because we appreciate it's a lot of our most of our clients are working, so they understand that taking that time out of the day can be difficult. We do meetings by phone, but a lot of folks really want to come in and do the face to face. And we're and we've got uh, you know we've got frontline staff that will meet uh, folks in really any city that's convenient for them. So we've got all those locations on our website. Uh, the website, friends, is debt solutions one word debt solutions dot bdo. .ca. Jennifer McCracken, always a pleasure to have you pop into the program. It's good fun. It is. Thank you for having me. And we'll hopefully uh, catch up to you before the summer is done. Yes, that'd be lovely. Uh, Don't ask me how I'm doing financially at that point. (laughs) (laughs) We're back after this. 
And once again, our thanks to Jennifer McCracken from BDO First Call Debt Solutions for another helpful visit. Next hour, we'll talk new rates for mortgages and how best to get one with Angela Calla. Time now for Duly Noted. And this time around, our producer, Ben Dooley, looks at the park board and a new bench mural program. Thanks, Sterling. A memorial bench makeover that led to threats of removing the seat altogether may lead to a new Vancouver Parks program. The Vancouver Park Board initially moved to yank the bench dedicated to Colin McKay after his surviving partner painted it with swirling colors, which the board said amounted to vandalism. Now, Commissioner Trisha Barker says she will introduce a motion at the next park board meeting to launch a bench mural program, which would allow families to submit requests for their own paint jobs. We're people and we care about people, so I think that's always your first thought. Then we do have rules and regulations. Barker said the park board has been struggling for funding to repair and upkeep memorial benches throughout the city and hopes a mural program can fill that void. Barker said she will take the next couple of days to craft the motion, which will be tabled at the July 8th meeting. Ultimately, she's hopeful the program could do for benches what murals did for graffiti on the side of the city's buildings. I'm Ben Dooley, and that's Dooley Noted. Thank you, Ben. Time for a couple of consumer quickies before the news. British rock band Queen has sold more albums in North America than any other artist in the first half of 2019, as music featured in the movies and TV sent streaming and downloads soaring. A mid-year report by Nielsen Music released on Thursday said the soundtrack to Bohemian Rhapsody, the musical movie, which won four Oscars in February, was the best-selling rock title of the first months of this year, with Queen's Greatest Hits 1 coming in second place. Queen sold more than 731,000 albums, more than any other artist, as well as the most digital songs with more than 1.3 million downloads. Queen, in February, became the first rock band to open the Oscars when it kicked off the annual ceremony in Hollywood with a pretty snap performance of We Will Rock You and We Are the Champions. Pretty amazing stuff, actually, for a band who hasn't released a new album since 1995, four years after their lead singer Freddie Mercury died. Talk about standing the test of time. Good music always does. As promised, here's another Canada Day celebration event to consider. Enjoy free family fun Monday, courtesy of the Commercial Drive Business Society and Britannia Community Centre and local partners at Grandview Park. Highlights include performances by the Carnival Band, Afro-Brazilian martial arts demonstration, live music, arts and crafts, a photo booth, Red Fox PlayStation, cake and a barbecue, a tidy little local party that runs from noon to three on Canada Day at Grandview Park off Commercial Drive at Charles Street. That's our first hour. We're back with more Vancouver Consumer after the news. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of CKNW.